Welcome or welcome back to Prophetic Prayer Podcast. This is Kendra, your host, and today is January 5th. And in the One Year Bible, we are reading about Abram and Sarai, who later become Abraham and Sarah, and their journey to Egypt. And Abraham falling, or Abram, falling into fear of being persecuted or killed for having a beautiful wife. And so in his fear, he made the decision to ask his wife to pretend to be his sister, which didn't do him any justice because they eventually found out. And what this is showing us is that when we fall into fear and we we make decisions to to save ourselves we this is why jesus says if you want to save your life you'll lose it this is really bringing our attention to how are we making our choices are we going towards something in love or are we running away from something that we are fearing it also talks about how even holding anger in our our consciousness will lead to us killing because even holding those negative intentions towards another person is very harmful and detrimental and this brings me to a course in miracles lesson for today it says i am never upset for the reason that i think and so if you just think about all of the things that we think that we're upset about. We're never upset for the reason why we think. And it doesn't matter how big or small the upset is. It still carries the same weight or the same frequency. And that energy is very detrimental to ourselves and others. And it also talks about Genesis, where all of the world's people spoke the same language. And they migrated east and found a plain of land that they named Babylonia. And they settled there. And they they started to build cities. And they wanted to build a great city for ourselves with a tower that reaches the sky. And this will make us famous. And keep us from getting scattered all over the world. And the Lord came down to the city and saw what the people were creating. And then gave them different languages and spread them out all over the world. To stop them from building the city. And... Any time that there's confusion, that is why it's called Babel. And I feel that this is referring to how when we started to try to create for our own purposes, forgetting God's will, and wanting to create things for our own glory, this was missing the mark. It was sinning. It wasn't the purpose of us coming down to this planet. And 
I think that we have continued to go away from listening to to God's will and that is why we are finding ourselves at the end of times where we will see a lot of earth changes until we understand that we can't just build whatever it is that we want not listening to what is harmonious for the earth now we have become as human beings we have become like a cancer cell to the earth just building and doing whatever it is that we want and i've heard talks of us going to one language or one religion but the whole point of us coming to this planet which is a living library containing all of the seeds from every star system we are here to create harmony within diversity i feel that the reason why the different languages were given and the people were spread out was get them to to focus in on what they were here for instead of going away from god and to distract them from trying to build great cities for their own purposes i also feel that there is i'm hearing a strength in numbers and so when you have a lot of people that are gathered in doing harm against themselves and others doing harm against the earth that is only going to lead to our own demise and now i'm getting the vision of nuclear warfare the human ego is uh it just can get itself in a lot of trouble if it's not tended to and i feel like a lot of these prayers like in the psalm of david they just feel so harsh to me to wish or to pray for people's demise or downfall but i feel that i feel that it's almost like um like rules or boundaries to help us stay within the parameters of being pure sovereign beings of god and then in the new testament we have matthew talking about the sermon on the mount and i can remember this time and a lot of these words that are written jesus has said directly to me it just gives confirmation to the things that i've heard for years when jesus has put me with people that are very versed in scripture the way that i speak because i had never read the bible it was their own confirmation that I was really connecting with Jesus and I see that it's been my my own doubt that has brought people into my life that have doubted my connection with him. And so it says, God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him. For the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses those who mourn, for they will be comforted. God blesses those who are humble, for they will inherit the whole earth. God blesses those who are hungry and thirst for justice, for they will be satisfied. God blesses those who are merciful, and they will be shown mercy. God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. 
God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called children of God. God blesses those who are per persecuted for doing right, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things against you because you are followers. Be happy about it. Be glad for great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember the ancient prophets who were persecuted in the same way. And I feel that's where we've gotten the mistranslation of being a, a martyr for Christ. I've seen this taken way out of context where people are putting themselves in harm's way and then glorifying themselves when they get hurt. But this is just a, a form of self-sacrifice. It's not doing God's will. This is all another trick of the ego. What I understand from what Jesus is saying here, when he's saying, be happy about it, be very glad. He's not telling us to be happy when people are persecuting us. When you see and know truth, you won't be overtaken by it. It won't hurt so bad. You'll be able to look at them and understand that they're just making decisions from their own fear. And you can love them anyways. When it's not bringing up a frequency or a resonance within you because you have healed your trauma. So it's not tapping on wounds that are unhealed within you. Because these things don't come up in a universe based on law of attraction. Unless it's a frequency match within us. And so every time these things came up within Jesus' life, because it had no resonance in him, he wasn't overtaken by it. The only time that he was visibly upset was when, when he saw people being hypocrites, saying they're doing the will of God, but really they're just trying to fulfill their own ego and material gain. If you can have this shift in perspective of He's not telling us to have a smile on our face when we're being beaten, you know. I'm sure that he wouldn't tell you that it felt good to be beaten by the Romans um, a moment away from being beaten to death. But because he can look at them and... Oh, obviously this brings up something within me. Oh. <clears throat> because he was able to... to look at them and see that they were his brothers and he had been there before. He had been that warrior in a previous life, and he knew that salvation, completion of that karma, was in him allowing himself to, to surrender and show them that they had no power other than the power that he was giving them. Because when we are in our fear, and we're giving into that fear, and then we're taking it out on another person. And they're getting all upset. 
It's feeding that, that evil or that ego part of us that is in lack and fear and wants to take harm or power out against another person to feel a sense of control or safety, desiring a forced level of empathy. But when you can sit in your center and not allow it to overtake you and you can breathe through it and not look at yourself like a victim, but instead see the higher perspective. See that this wouldn't be showing up in your reality if it didn't have something to do with you. If there wasn't something inside of you that was calling this forward. Jesus came to experience all of the hell that this earth had fallen to. And to rise again, to say, this earth has no power other than the power that we give it. And so when we get so distracted by the ego's illusions, and we fall into this density and this fear and this lack and the suffering, we will inevitably die because we must die and surrender the body to go back to the Father to remember the truth. And so Jesus is saying, die of the flesh and be risen again in the spirit so you can remember your truth. For the body holds no weight other than the weight that we give it. And this world has no power over us. When the Lord came down and gave all of the people different languages, this wasn't to, to harm them, but it's to say that with the ego involved, to give people a different perspective lens to view the world through, it allowed for this um, ego to grow or this evil to grow within them when they had idle time. If you're not um, calling them forward to grow in a way that is um, harmonious or beneficial for um, their evolution and expansion, then they tend to get distracted in, in doing things that are harmful because that evil grows. And you can see this even within your own life when we have that idle time. We can spend it in prayer and meditation and doing things that are empowering or working on our self-development um, or um, healing ourselves. Or we can distract ourselves with TV or drugs and alcohol or getting into trouble and um, harming ourselves and others. And so it's all about which voice we want to feed, which master do we serve. And so Jesus says, You are the salt of the earth, but what good is salt if it has lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. You are the light of the world, like the city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, the lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see. God's glory manifest within me so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. This is to give all glory to God not to the self, to the ego. Don't misunderstand why I have come. 
I do not come to abolish the laws of Moses or the writing of the prophets. No, I came to accomplish their purposes. I tell you the truth, until heaven and earth disappear, not even the smallest detail of God's law will disappear until its purpose is achieved. So if you ignore the least commandment and teach others to do the same, you will be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But anyone who obeys God's law and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. But I warn you, unless your righteousness is better than the righteousness of the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. And what he means is, unless you obtain the consciousness of Christ, you will never be able to perceive the kingdom of heaven, for it is a state of consciousness. And he's saying that the religious law and the Pharisees do not understand how to perceive the kingdom of heaven. And so he is saying, unless your righteousness is better, which he's saying, unless you go higher than what is already being given by the church. You have heard that our ancestors were told, you must not murder. If you commit murder, you are subject to judgment. But I say, if you are even angry with someone, you are subject to judgment. If you call someone an idiot, you are in danger of being brought before the court. And if you curse someone, you are in danger of the fires of hell, for you are cursing yourself and them, just with that thought. So if you are presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple, and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, leave your sacrifice there at the altar. Go and be reconciled to that person. Then come and offer your sacrifice to God. When you are on your way to court with your adversary, settle your differences quickly. Otherwise, your accusers may hand you over to the judge who will hand you over to the officers and you will be thrown into prison. And if that happens, you surely won't be free again until you have paid the last penny. And so he is he's saying that while we condemn people or we hold judgment against them, we are crucifying ourselves or we are entangling ourselves to be whatever it is that we are casting upon them. So if we are calling someone an idiot, it's like we are taking this, this energetic chain and wrapping it from ourselves to them. And we have cursed them. We have um, said that they are an idiot. They are stupid. They are beneath us. And so we are energetically sending them to the pits of hell. But because there's this, this um, karmic or energetic chain that went from us to the other person, we are also... Um, casting ourselves in that same pits of hell. And it's giving me this vision of um, a couple who, you know, fell in love and loved each other dearly. 
And then because they started to grow apart in different directions, because there is this level of attachment and inability to own our own shame, oftentimes, for some reason, it may feel easier to cast judgment on your spouse and make them the bad guys and us into the victims so that we have so that we have reason or we feel justified in walking away from that partnership when really we should hold each other in love and see that that partnership served its purpose and if you had love for that person ever then you should have love for them always and if you loved them ever then you would want nothing but the best for them and so whether that be with you or with another person or being by themselves you want what is in the highest and best for them and when we crucify one another when we cast shame and hate and evil spells on people that we've said that we loved we are inevitably um, harming ourselves and others and we are doomed or destined to be entangled in those lessons with them in another lifetime or um, them in a different body until we can understand what the lesson is there to teach us that that we are just unwilling to look at something with inside of ourselves and that's why we are casting that projection onto another person but that person is a part of you so what is it that they are they are mirroring to you? And often, especially with our romantic partners, they will bring up the deepest, darkest shadows within us. But it has nothing to do with them. Those shadows existed before you ever met them. And so it's just this beautiful gift that often doesn't feel like a beautiful gift. And so it's those relationships that bring up those shadows that we must work through and continue to focus on ourselves, looking at ourselves and not what they are doing to us. And of course, having healthy boundaries and looking at when we are sacrificing ourselves and keeping ourselves in unhealthy situations because we feel on some level that we deserve punishment. And so that brings me to the Psalm of David, which I... When I had a look at this yesterday, I was seeing it as, I was pushing it away. I was seeing it as through judgmental eyes. But Jesus told me to look again. And he said that this psalm isn't about um, casting um, a spell on their brothers and sisters. This is about um, asking for the evil within inside of us or the ego that only has the desire for evil purposes. It's asking, it's a prayer or spell to cast that part of us out so that we may be filled by more of God's presence. And it goes, O oh Lord, hear me as I pray. Pay attention to my groaning. Listen to my cry for help, my King, my God, for I pray to no one but you. Listen to my voice in the morning, Lord. Each morning I bring my request to you and I wait expectantly. 
O God, you take no pleasure in the wickedness. You cannot tolerate the sins of the wicked. Therefore, the proud may not stand in your presence. For you hate all that who do evil. You will destroy those who tell lies. The Lord detests murderers and deceivers. Because of your unfailing love, I can enter your house. I will worship at your temple with the deepest awes. Lead me in the right path, O Lord, or my enemies will conquer me, or my ego, my evil, will conquer me. Make your path, make your way plain for me to follow. My enemies cannot speak a truthful word. Their deepest desire is to destroy others. Their talk is foul, like the stench of an open grave. Their tongues are filled with flattery. O God, declare them guilty. Let them be caught in their own traps. Drive them away because of their many sins, for they have rebelled against you. But let all who take refuge in you rejoice. Let them sing joyful praises forever. Spread your protection over them, that all who love your name may be filled with joy. So that is asking for this evil, this ego part of us to be removed. And so therefore, to need protection against is to not be in the consciousness of Christ. So to spread your protection over them just means to fill us with more of God, with more of the light and love and gnosis of God. To spread your protection over them, that all who love your name may be filled with joy or bliss, which is God. For you bless the godly, O Lord. You surround them with your shield of love. And so again, the shield of love is to know thyself, to know the truth, to know who we are, to be in Christ consciousness. Allows us to walk through the depths of hell and the pits of hell. It's to walk here in this physical realm and be able to have all of the deceivers, the deception upon this planet come up before us, but for it to not have any resonance within us. Therefore, we are able to stay in our center without upset. And so give thanks to those beings, because often God sends angels that are disguised as demons to upset us in ways that allow us to see where there is still resonance of wounding within us. And so it is not shameful to take care of ourselves. It is not shameful for us to acknowledge where there is wounding that exists and for us to do our work and for us to seek out professionals who can help us. And so... I know this went a little bit 
longer than I normally go, but I had recorded the first part of this yesterday, and then I went to a woman's circle, which my soul so needed, <laughs> and um, I saw this, this level of maturity with inside of me. I have my human has been desiring to gather with sisters. My spirit was calling me to lead circles with my sisters. And my human ego wasn't quite mature enough to hold space in women's circles yet. There were some things that I needed to overcome because we all are walking this journey and through our ascension process we go through coming into this world knowing the truth of who we are very close to god and then through the process of socialization and whatever trials and tribulations we go through uh, in childhood which feels very much like being imprisoned um, not having rights and you know coming down to families where we are the expansion of of them and that creates resistance and all of those fun things that we experience in childhood and then we go through the process of individuation far later than we actually are biologically supposed to we're supposed to go through the process of individuation around our preteen years but often we don't actually start to go through this process until we are out on our own even then, sometimes we don't end up going into the process of individuation until our 30s or our 40s. Because if you think about it, we're programmed to do whatever it is in our society that's governed as acceptable. My daughter was explaining this to me um, a couple of weeks ago. She said, she said, Mom... Everybody in the family talks crap about you when you're not around because they're all on this path and they're all walking this path. But you go over here and you go over there and you follow your own path and you won't do it the way that they want you to. So they're mad at you for that. Because you bring up within them all of the, the insecurities that they feel and why they keep staying on that path. And she said, but if you could show them that the way that you're, you're going about it is actually better. If you could show them a victory, then maybe they wouldn't resist you so much. <laughs> My daughter is so wise. If you think about it, if you are following that that path then you may go to college or you may get that job that your parents told you that you should or you're doing things for the outside instead of really tuning into who you are and finding how you are and are not like other and so however long you walk that path for before you wake up sometimes it's in our 30s and we we're doing all the things and on the outside it's signaling that we have a great life. I was just listening to this woman talk in the women's circle last night. And she was saying at 30, she was working this amazing corporate job in New York. And she had this amazing apartment. 
and she couldn't figure out why she was so miserable, but yet everything was perfect or she was doing all of the right things. And then so she moved across the country to California to get another corporate job and see if that would make her happy. And then finally, she just threw it all away and started reading A Course in Miracles and all of these spiritual books. And, and she had to find her way back to herself. And so this process could come much easier and much quicker for us if we allowed for the natural germination of our development, if we allowed for our children to have the space to individuate without us pressuring them to be what we want them to be. When we, for me, I was able to be an amazing healer and channel, bring forth beautiful messages because I had always been somewhat out in the etheric realms and a near-death experience I had at four years old left a part of me still dying, still in the etheric realms, while just part of my, my consciousness was here in a body, and my soul wasn't fully online. And it wasn't until I started my spiritual healing journey where I had an experience with a shaman who did a soul retrieval and brought that part of my consciousness back to my, my body. And so I, and then I studied metaphysical anatomy and other healing, alternative healing modalities. And I studied psychology for 10 years before I walked away right before my internship because I knew I couldn't make change in a broken system. And so I did all of these things mostly to, to understand why people do harmful things to others and then how to heal myself from the harm that I had experienced. And then when I found what worked, I had this fire lit within me that I just wanted to give this healing to every single person in the world. But when it came to my personal relationships, within my personal relationships, I found it difficult to be around people that were struggling or suffering unless they would allow me to fix them. If they wouldn't allow me to fix them and it was just about holding space for where they were, it felt really uncomfortable to me because it brought me back to those those places inside of me that weren't yet healed. But when I was able to just hold space for where they are, but take them somewhere during a healing session, I was amazing at that. And so it's taken me until now to be able to go and sit in a woman's circle and listen to women's stories and not need to fix them. I was learning last night how to be how to hold space as a feminine. I know how to hold space as the masculine. And I know how to receive as the feminine, as a shadow eater. And so I can go into a space where people are releasing trauma, just like the workshops that I 
that I hold in person and online where people come into the container that I have created and I instantly start eating their shadows and and working my frequencies like a tuning fork and it tings out all the distortions within them and this feeds me and so I can have that kind of experience and be filled for a day or days on end because it's so um, nourishing to me to to allow my body to receive the shadows and transmute them but last night I was learning how to just hold space as the divine feminine without eating the shadows or pulling the shadows or trying to fix any anything but also being there receiving everyone without needing to do anything to them and it was so interesting I came home and I felt I felt like as I was walking away I felt like my soul was was so filled like yes that was exactly I needed that and then there was another part of me that was like wow that was a lot different than you normally would be I didn't go out of my way to make sure that I connected with every single person that I felt like I needed to connect to. I um, I didn't go and try to show my mastery to people so that they would find value in wanting and desiring a connection with me. And the strange part is, is I had people coming up to me telling me how powerful that they knew that I was and thanking me for being in Sedona because I was helping so many people and I was like literally just getting a plate of food and I wasn't showing them any of my quote-unquote gifts. And then I had a woman come up to me and she was like, Kendra? She's like, yeah, I know you probably don't remember me, but I remember you from a couple of years ago when we were in this tea group. And she said she's been following my journey and... The night, the day that I met her, I was trying to get her to come with me. I was so insistent that something, that she was going to get into an accident or something. And then when I was prophesying what I was seeing that was going to happen to her, there was an accident on the field that we were on and this soccer player was carted off and I was so insistent. I really wanted her to come back with me and... She didn't listen, and she gave somebody a ride home, and she ended up doing acid and driving her car, and she got into an accident, and she broke her arm in like six different places, and she was showing me this scar on her arm, and and she was saying that I told her that it was going to happen, and she didn't listen, but how it was okay because she needed that lesson. And she was telling me everything that she learned from that lesson. And so it just allowed me to breathe because I have surrendered running around trying to get people to see what I see or forcing my prophecy on to people. I know that I can't save people from their lessons and that everything is 
is divine. And if I just keep walking, I will be placed in the very perfect position to be of service when and where it's needed as I just continue to follow my own guidance. And it was only my own wounding that was trying to force her from experiencing that that thing that I was judging as a negative experience or a negative lesson. And one of the most important but difficult lessons I've had to learn as a prophet is just because we can see the things that we can see doesn't mean it's up to us to change it. Just because we can see that someone has cancer doesn't mean it's up to us to heal them. It's up to that soul to desire to take that lesson and allow it to wake them up and allow it to call them forward towards a new path. And they have to desire that. It is not up to us to intervene. It's only when it's rubbing up against our wounding that we have that that pull or that desire to heal or fix or change what it is that we are receiving. Best advice that I got from another channel was that it's not up to us to decide who gets the messages. It is up to us to receive the messages and to give them and allow others to use their own discernment of what they're going to do with those messages. So I personally had been receiving the message for a couple of years that there was some interpersonal and developmental trauma that needed to be healed within me. And it took me experiencing what that wounding creates within my interpersonal relationships and recreating those betrayals with people that those wounds didn't come from. And so with my, my last romantic partnership, it really allowed for me to see how that developmental trauma, it has to be healed. There's no getting around it. There's parts of my consciousness that are fragmented and stuck in this, this victim perspective where it can make anyone that turns against that inner child the perpetrator or the villain. And so in seeing that very clearly, how my last partnerships, he is an amazing, an amazing man. And I saw how my own wounds pulled out these, these demons within both of us. And I saw very clearly that I need a somatic therapist that specializes in developmental trauma. And I need to find this therapist that can work intensively with me because now I see where all of the trauma points are because they were brought up within this last relationship. And so when I went into this women's circle yesterday, there was a woman that kept grabbing my attention 
And at first I thought it was because she had the same eyes as one of my best friends that I haven't seen in years who shared the same birthday as me, who got into um, drugs really heavily, and so I haven't seen her in a long time. But she kept grabbing my attention, and normally that would signal to me that I need to make that connection, but instead I just allowed it to play out. And then as we were all sharing what it is that we do, and if we had any events, this woman started to speak, and she was then sitting, she was sitting on the couch right next to me, and she started to passionately describe what it is that she does because she was offering wisdom to another woman who was struggling with this um, issue in her relationship. And she was speaking about why that manifested in the woman's life. And she said that she is a somatic therapist that specializes in developmental trauma. And I just like screeched and said, oh my God, you can help me. Can we please work together? And she was, grabbed my hand and she said, absolutely. It was in that moment where I just felt this, this light at the end of the tunnel. Like I have been like drowning in this one aspect of my life where it's like an anchor and all of the rest of the aspects of my life are soaring and I'm going higher. And there's this one aspect that is like the most important to me because connection and love is what I'm here for. And yet there was this anchor that kept getting in the way with every relationship that I had. And I know not to blame the inner child that keeps recreating this, that is desperate to find healing for these things that she went through. And, and I, don't, I don't feel a sense of gratefulness that my past relationship had to end because we were going into toxic patterns that didn't serve either one of us. It makes me sad, so sad, to um, makes me sad to not be in that partnership because I know what it had the potential to be. But no ability for that to manifest from this anchor point within me. And so there is a fire that is lit within me to deep dive within this, this connection with this, this woman, the somatic therapist that specializes in developmental trauma. And to see all of the ways how I, my own higher self was was giving me this, this message that developmental trauma needed to be healed as I was um, desiring to create that for others and walking out as the embodiment of the Divine Mother and, and knowing that 
this is my calling and feeling so filled in that role of being that nurturer, that comforter for others. And the only reason why I know how to do that so well is because I have been that for my own inner child my entire life. And so there's parts of my consciousness that doesn't even know when it's being unhealthy or toxic because it's never even known anything different. And so we all have this part of us. And so what is that anchor for you in your life? We are all being asked or beg. I personally, I beg you to look at that anchor point because that anchor point is going to drown you. And we are at this beautiful this beautiful place of ascension where the kingdom is here now, but we can't perceive it when we are drowning in our demons and in our shadows. And those shadows and those demons and those anchors are going to get louder and heavier and they're not going to go away. And so if we have the bravery and the courage to look at what are those anchor points within each and every one of us, because we are all one so just because your anchor point is different than what my anchor point is, I invite you to look at that and you will see it mirrored through your relationships. So wherever it is painful for you to relate to another, understand that that's where your work is. That's where our work is. And I know that, I know that this woman that's coming in she has, I'm not looking at her like she's my savior. I'm acknowledging the work that I've done and the courage that I am having in looking at taking my perspective to look at my anchor point and see what exactly it is that I need and coming from what I'm telling myself, not what the outside is telling me is wrong with me, because that is inevitably going to cause more trauma to that inner child. Because she's had enough people tell her that something is wrong with her. And so as the divine mother within me, holding that inner child to look at what the actual wound is, that allowed me to see what exactly it was that I needed. And this isn't going towards finding this healing for anyone other than me and my love for humanity and my desire for connection that is healthy and harmonious that allows for us all to rise and for me to not be an anchor unless it is a positive grounding cord but not an anchor that drowns i desire to be a blessing in my personal and romantic relationships as i am a blessing in my professional relationships i hope that helps you in seeing yourself and so to come to a close we are we are being asked to, to ask God every day 
to take this part of our consciousness that is the Antichrist. We all have the Christ and Antichrist within us. And so it's so silly that people are, I, I was hearing the other day, that people were making predictions that the Pope was the Antichrist and all these. And it's just, it's so silly because as human beings, we are so afraid to take responsibility for the evil that we see in the world because we, we judge and condemn ourselves so harshly. And we don't understand that through us taking responsibility for everything that we have judged, we are redeemed. And by us noticing when those evil thoughts come up and saying, oh, this is not, this is not truth. This is not me. God, I see, I see that I am giving into this temptation right now. And I am surrendering this on your altar. I'm surrendering my whole entire being on your altar. For your altar is the kingdom of heaven. And I'm giving my flesh as a sacrifice. For I am no longer afraid of the limited, wounded, ego perspective. For I choose to see with my eye being single. For I choose to see the world as you would see it. I choose to surrender all the parts and pieces within me and within my humanity, within my brothers and sisters that is of Antichrist, that has fallen into judgment and fear. And we give all of this to you, our Father, Mother, God. We choose today to be reborn, to be redeemed by your holy light, your holy presence. Walk with us as we go through our trials and tribulations. Give us the strength to not be tempted and deceived and distorted in these ego's illusions. As we walk towards the kingdom of heaven, we know that it is at hand and we surrender all to your glory and your will. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I love you all so very much. And if you desire to join the 40 Days and 40 Night Freedom Challenge at any time of year that you may be hearing this podcast, I invite you to go to KendraDivinePurposeMentor.com or send me an email at info at KendraDivinePurposeMentor.com. It is time for us all to purge all the demons within us to no longer be clinging or attached to anything of this world and to be redeemed and reborn of the spirit. Have a good day.